Make the bouquet. Or else. To see how little is left of one of our most important rights, the freedom of association, look no further than to today's unanimous decision by the Washington State Supreme Court upholding a lower court's ruling that florist Baron L. Stutzman was guilty of violating the Washington Law Against Discrimination, WLAD, when she declined, on religious grounds, to provide floral arrangements for one of her regular customers' same-sex wedding. The lower court had found Stutzman personally liable and had awarded the plaintiff's permanent injunctive relief, actual monetary damages, attorney's fees, and costs. This breathtaking part of the Supreme Court's conclusion is worth quoting in full. Greater than we also hold that the Vlad may be enforced against Stutzman because it does not infringe any constitutional protection. As applied in this case, the Vlad does not compel speech or association. And assuming that it substantially burdens Stutzman's religious free exercise, the Vlad does not violate her right to religious free exercise under either the First Amendment or Article I, Section 11 because it is a neutral, generally applicable law that serves our state government's compelling interest in eradicating discrimination in public accommodations. We have here yet another striking example of how modern state statutory anti-discrimination law has come to trump a host of federal constitutional rights, including speech, association, and religious free exercise. It's not too much to say that the Constitution's Faustian accommodation of slavery is today consuming the Constitution itself. Consider simply the freedom of association right. That liberty in a free society ensures the right of private parties to associate, as against third parties, and the right not to associate as well, that is, the right to discriminate for any reason, good or bad, or no reason at all. The exceptions at common law were for monopolies and common carriers. And if you held your business as open to the public you generally had to honor that, though you still could negotiate over services. Slavery, of course, was a flat-out violation of freedom of association, indeed, it was the very essence of forced association. But Jim Crow was little better since it amounted to forced disassociation. It was finally ended, legally, by the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But that act prohibited not simply public but private discrimination as well in a range of contexts and on a range of grounds, both of which have expanded over the years. The prohibition of private discrimination may have been helpful in breaking the back of institutionalized racism in the South, but its legacy has brought us to today's decision, where florists, bakers, caterers, and even religious organizations can be forced to participate in events that offend their religious beliefs. Courts haven't yet compelled pastors to officiate at ceremonies that are inconsistent with their beliefs, but we have heard calls for eliminating the tax-exempt status of their institutions. Such is the wrath of the crowd that wants our every act to be circumscribed by law, their law, of course. And they're prepared, as here, to force their association on unwilling parties even when there are plenty of other businesses anxious to serve them as I concluded a Wall Street Journal piece on this subject a while ago. Greater than no one enjoys the sting of discrimination or rejection. But neither does anyone like to be forced into uncomfortable situations, especially those that offend deeply held religious beliefs. In the end, who here is forcing whom? A society that cannot tolerate differing views, and respect the live and let live principle, will not long be free. Amen. A version of this article was first published by the Cato Institute. Roger Pilone. This article was originally published on fee.org. Read the original article.